Welcome to Logic and Larry. I am your host, Larry Kay. I'm trying to keep you guys apprised of the news, what's going on in the world, have a little banter, have a little discussion to keep you company, to let you know that you're not alone in this endless intellectual struggle. Because let's face it, it's a tough time for intellectual people these days, right? It's a real tough time for objective-minded people. And it's a hell of a bad time if you're an empathetic person who cares about society and the ills and the victims and all the things that are going on out here. I'm broadcasting to you from Newark, New Jersey on a hazy spring day. It's been pretty damn nice out, I'm going to be honest. It's been warm and then a little bit of rain overnight on Saturday and then we got a little bit of cool breeze back in the air. But overall, it's mostly sunny, a little bit of clouds. I'll take that for my April. The cherry blossoms in Newark are in full bloom where they were the last few weeks. And I've been driving through enjoying the scenery, enjoying the colors. Makes me feel a little bit of rebirth myself, right? I've been struggling over the last week, I'm not going to lie to you. The stressors and challenges of everyday life had gotten to me. My birthday was recent and I thank everybody who wished me a happy birthday. And I thank everybody who reached out to me or celebrated with me in some way. Many people did come out and celebrate with me, and it was dope. Um, And I appreciate that. I appreciate all the love and all the celebration because any day above ground is a good day. And I don't say that in jest, and I don't say that because it's cliche. I mean that. I mean that. But yet, in a society that's ever-changing, in a world such as the world we're in now, as a man of a certain age, or if you're a woman of a certain age, or any gender of a certain age, you start to think about your place in the world, you start to think about where you're going to end up, you start to question what kind of impact you're making, if any impact at all, if said impact is really an impact, impact worthy, should I say, and you really start to question a lot of things. And so I was kind of in a rut over the last week and not only about, you know, my individual things and my challenges in life and where I'm headed, but the state of the world, the state of society and what is Logic and Larry all about, really? I mean, Logic and Larry, I've, I've thought about, I've pondered this, right? I've pondered what impact... Does Logic and Larry, do the Logic and Larry listeners, do the Logic and Larry family, what impact do we endeavor to have on this world in our brief time on this earth? Well, it's a tough question, right? Because I think initially, if you would ask me when I started this during the pandemic, I would have said, well, this is seeking to spread like wildfire to to really catch on, to reach more and more ears and more and more minds daily and to really expand and be a voice of reason and objectivity in a world that's ever increasingly incentivized to drown those types of points of view out, right? But over time, in the few years I've been doing this, I've realized that Logic and Larry is nowhere near that type of thing, right? And part of that's my own decision, right? Artistically, I could bring this to YouTube. I could put fancy banners and graphics on the screen. I could make it look more like a news show or more like a talk show. And in that way, I could expand this as a news type program. But I've decided for artistic reasons and creative reasons to keep this as more of an 
old school radio fireside chat with the music in the background and riff to you in that way. Now, are there future expansion plans for Logic and Larry? Will Logic and Larry potentially morph into something branded a completely different way and even retain some of its current form on its own, separate from that? Will this endeavor of mine transcend what it is now? It's possible, right? It's possible. But in my reflection last week when I was going through this mental rut, And by the way, thank you to all the people who also reached out to me, whether it was publicly on Facebook, several of the listeners uh, to this show reached out to me, either privately or publicly. People talked to me in person. Um, Thank you for that, too, because you gave me a lot of perspective and input into what I was going through. Uh, And I appreciate that. But I've come kind of to the realization throughout my reflections of the last week and in my 38th year here that I've now entered as of April 16th. Um, I've come to the realization that what Logic and Larry is is not necessarily something that's going to change the world. It's not something that's going to shift the trajectory of politics or of people or anything of that nature. But what it is is a bastion of hope and a bastion of logic and a community together All of you, my listeners, me, all of the guests, all of the friends of the show who have joined me. uh, This is a congregating point. This is a place where we gather to simply muse about the happenings of our time, to exchange ideas. And then we go out into the world and whatever our respective positions are, whatever our respective roles in our communities and families are, and we share our knowledge and we share what we've learned and we share our conversation and thought tactics with the world and whether it spreads like wildfire or it has a more tepid and deliberative growth is irrelevant because you can't change the world by yourself and sometimes the tides of time and tides of politics are simply too strong and too insurmountable for any small group who are outliers who are rebels against the grain who are free thinkers in a time where free thought is capped. Sometimes they can't make an impact. They can't get their arms around it. They can't rein in what is happening. But they don't have to despair and feel alone and feel burdened by it all alone. They can congregate and discuss it and there are lights in the dark that you can reach out to and connect with. And that is what the Logic and Larry podcast is all about. So thank you so much for continuing to join me. We do have some things to touch on this week, and they're not, they're not savory. They're not great topics, but they are what they are, right? Everything I say in this podcast, you guys know, is strictly my personal opinion. It is not the official position of any entity. It is not the official position of any person. Everything I'm saying to you is my personal perspectives as a private citizen. And you know, I keep it real. So... The news that I think really came out this week or today, which was really interesting, was Fox News has finally, once and for all, severed ties with Tucker Carlson, and he is no longer going to be with Fox News. And this was, of course, hailed and discussed as a mutual decision between Fox News and Tucker Carlson. Although we all know that when higher-end people, for lack of a better term, 
people with contracts and big-time positions with followings, when they get fired, they usually get the option to frame it differently than being fired. And they get to say it was a resignation or mutual agreement to part ways. We all know what happened with Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson got fired. And here's the interesting thing, though, about Tucker Carlson being fired, right? When Tucker was first fired, most people, or at least many people, they made the conclusion, or they made the assumption, they jumped to the conclusion, that Tucker Carlson was fired from Fox because of this settlement that recently came out with Dominion Voting Systems. Now, Dominion Voting Systems, if you don't know the story, Dominion Voting Systems had filed a defamation lawsuit against Fox News. They were asking for over a billion dollars from Fox News because their allegation was subsequent to the 2020 election, Trump and his cronies were obviously spreading the lie, the blatant lie, that the election was stolen and that Dominion voting systems and their voting machines were in on the fraud to steal the election from Trump and that they were not properly recording votes and et cetera, et cetera. Fox News, or at least many of Fox News's media personalities, including Tucker Carlson, and also including Sean Hannity and others, parroted these claims that Dominion had rigged the election and that there was voter fraud that was, you know, widespread. Now, many, 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 many Fox listeners unknowingly or unwittingly or perhaps willingly or, you know, with a bunch of uh, cognitive bias and, uh, you know, cognitive dissonance and whatever else, um, confirmation bias, they subscribed to these theories, they listened to these personalities, and they went out into their communities, and they went out into their world, and in their own minds, they tell themselves that there was some kind of widespread voter fraud, and this was parroted and, and proliferated by Fox News. Now, in filing the lawsuit, Dominion was saying this was blatantly false information, this hurt our business, this disparaged us, and it was completely false, right? There was absolutely no actual evidence that this actually occurred. Fox News and these personalities simply made this up and knowing it was made up, still continued to spread the lie blatantly and maliciously and on purpose throughout the media sphere. Now, throughout discovery and some of the things that were going on pre-trial with this case, it came out that Tucker Carlson, even though he was parroting this stuff, even though Tucker Carlson was taking Trump's side on his show so frequently, even though Tucker Carlson was giving the Fox News listeners what they wanted, Tucker Carlson privately said he despised Trump. He couldn't stand Trump, and he thought that the voter fraud stories were absolutely nonsense, that Trump was full of it, that none of it was true, yet these personalities, including Carlson, continued to proliferate this false information. Now, the case was so good against Fox, so good, that Fox, rather than going to trial and having more of this information come out, Fox went to trial. Instead of going to trial, Fox settled the case for $785 million and change. $787 million. Now, Fox has a lot of money. 
But if there were any merit to any of the nonsense they were spewing about Dominion or about the election being rigged, you'd think they would fight it rather than willingly open their wallets and pay a whopping $787 million. Now, what's so interesting about that is that people who religiously watch Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, religiously watch Fox News, they watch it because they say, and in their head, Fox News is unbiased and Fox News is telling them the truth, whereas CNN and MSNBC and mainstream media is lying to them, right? But Fox News just admitted by paying $787 million, Fox News just admitted just admitted that they lie to you, that people on their network lie to you. And so when it came out today that Tucker Carlson was fired, of course a lot of people attributed that, attributed that to his lying and the fact that he cost Fox News so much money. But much to my chagrin, much to the disappointment of many honest people out there in the world, much to the disappointment of those of us who care about the integrity of media, Fox News, it's now coming out, did not fire Tucker Carlson because he was a liar, and he is a liar. The lawsuit tells you Tucker Carlson is a liar. He's a liar. He's a fake. It's not because he's a fake and a liar that he got fired. But because there's some discrimination lawsuit tech currently undergoing uh, by one of his producers. So Tucker Carlson is being sued. Fox is being sued because of a discrimination lawsuit of one of the producers. That's why he got fired, not because of his lies. Now, is it possible that Fox News said, look, not only has he lied, not only is he continuing liability because of his BS on air, And not only has he contributed to our settlement costs of $787 million, but he also has this other pending lawsuit, which is also going to cost us. And it's also bad publicity. This guy's simply a liability overall. Therefore, we got to cut bait with him. Yes, that's possible. So it's possible that partly his lies had something to do with him getting fired from Fox News. That's possible. But the fact remains that several other personalities who are affiliated and associated with the lies that Fox was telling are still employed by the network. So if you're hoping that this shows some or signifies some media reckoning, I think you're probably going to be out of luck, unfortunately. In other news, Don Lemon of CNN was also fired on the same day. And Don Lemon is being fired because now for months there's been accusations that Don Lemon has been acting sexist, that he's been making disparaging comments to women and things of that nature. Now, Don Lemon is one of the people who I wouldn't say is an apologist for cancel culture, an apologist for left-wing, you know, going after people, trying to close them down or silence them or whatever else. But he hasn't been somebody who's been especially critical of the movement, right? So it's kind of ironic that Don Lemon is now fired for accusations and things uh, regarding, you know, sexism, gender bias, et cetera, et cetera, when he is sometimes the mouthpiece for those types of movements and initiatives. Don Lemon also out at CNN. All of this got me to thinking, right? All of this media discussion this week and everything that's going on with these networks. It got me thinking. 
It got me thinking about the type of people who watch Fox News, who eat up Tucker Carlson's nonsense, who listen to these personalities, um, and who are being told blatantly right now, by way of this lawsuit, they are being told straight up, this network, these people lie to you. The news you are getting from them is unreliable. Your position, the position you've taken, perhaps when you stormed the Capitol on January 6th, perhaps when you believe that Trump is rightfully you know, entitled to be the president or rightfully deserves to be elected again, or told friends and family and made declarations about it, that you made those declarations, you made those decisions, you've made those public comments based on wrongful information that was blatantly fed to you through networks that you've trusted. But yet these people, these people don't seem to care, right? It does not seem to get through to them that they are being lied to. In fact, they will probably follow Tucker wherever he goes to another network or forum. They will continue to plug into these personalities who blatantly lie to them. And they will continue to ignore any facts or evidence to the contrary, which is very, very troubling if you're an American. But this is... This is what I was talking about with Logic and Larry, right? Because we are a small, very, very small podcast, a very small subset of the media sphere, right? Very small. And we are no match whatsoever. We are no match for these millions and millions and millions of people who are going to do what the media and what their party and their side of things tells them to do on any given day. So we are not here to change that. We are not here to fight it. We are here to simply hang with each other and discuss it as the world does what the world's going to do because we can't control it. And part of understanding, part of that is letting go is to de-stress yourself and still get the most out of your life as the world does what it does. Because these people who follow Fox News, despite the fact they've been lied to, these people who get all wound up about the nonsense that's on the airwaves, you can't stop them with any kind of logic. You can't snap your finger and have them out of a trance. It's going to take time, maybe years, maybe a generation for them to wake up and realize that what they were doing was wrong. There are people out there today, and this is this is a sad thing, and this is one of the things I was grappling with, right? This is one of the things that caused me to grapple with this current state of this country and to really reassess my perceptions of society as far as what can be done, what can't be done, what impact we can have on it. Donald Trump, who is currently indicted in New York State, who was under investigation by the DOJ, who was under investigation by the district attorney in Georgia, who unequivocally, unequivocally now, and Fox told you this with the settlement too, unequivocally lied, lied about election fraud, unequivocally encouraged his supporters to storm the Capitol, unequivocally attempted to thwart a free democratic election, unequivocally attempted to threaten the Secretary of State of Georgia and threatened Vice President Mike Pence to steal the election for him, whose supporters are now locked up for going along with it, 
many of them serving prison sentences, and they should, and it's good that they're serving prison sentences. This individual, Donald Trump, is currently running for president of the United States. And it's not even that he's declared that he's running. It's not even that he does rallies out in the middle of nowhere and attracts whoever he attracts to these rallies. But despite all of the evidence that he tried to overthrow a free election, despite all of the evidence that he's an incompetent leader, despite all of the evidence that he's ignorant, that he's intentionally subversive, despite that, media personalities, prominent people who currently hold elected office, including state senators, state congressional committees, U.S. Congress people, U.S. senators, people are actually treating his candidacy as if it's a legitimate candidacy. Now, if you have a an objective, a universally objective perception of the world, this divine truth, this, this actual truth that we all innately understand as a Socrates-type truth, which I believe exists, right? There is a truth. There is a reality. The reality, the actual truth is that Donald Trump is not a viable, legitimate candidate for office in what we say is a democratic republic of the United States of America, a free country, a free country free from fascism, a free country free from tyranny, free from tyrannical leaders, free from tyrants as candidates. In that universal, actual, objective truth, Donald Trump is not, obje- is not legitimate whatsoever. However, I have been telling you, and this is where Fox is so interesting, but more so the people who listen to it and follow it. Tucker Carlson is telling you straight up, and the evidence shows I was lying. Fox News is telling you straight up I was lying. But the people, the masses of minions, they don't care. Because despite the existence of a universal truth, despite the existence of an actual objective reality, in our day-to-day activities and any institution, law, or mechanism that is supposed to exert the force of that universal truth, the people on the ground that have command and control of these institutions and of these mechanisms are refusing to adhere or acknowledge that objective reality and truth. So by virtue of doing that, despite the fact that truth exists in the background as a concept that we all innately understand, truth and reality and objectivity does not exist in 2023 America. It does not exist. And it was first indications it did not exist when the United States Senate, despite seeing all the evidence and more than enough evidence to convict Donald Trump when he was impeached the second time for the insurrection, despite the unmistakable, undeniable facts of that situation, several senators, even though the vote was a majority to convict Donald Trump. Don't get it twisted. A majority of senators voted to convict Trump. A majority of senators voted to convict him. But not enough to do it because you needed such a high threshold. 
That was step one in showing you that objective reality no longer exists on the ground, right? It may exist in your mind. And Logic and Larry listeners, that's our mission. That's what I was getting at earlier in the show. In your mind, objective reality exists. Hold on to that objective reality the same way that Andy Dufresne held on to opera music when he was locked in solitary confinement in Shawshank. Hold on to it. They can't take it from your mind, but they will take it from reality. If the courts and the Senate and everything else and the people and the voters refuse to acknowledge it, then it no longer exists tangibly. It only exists intangibly. Do not lose the intangible reality in your head. Because we are now moving toward an election in 2024 where Donald Trump is a, an absolutely viable candidate. There is a relatively high likelihood that Donald Trump will win the Republican primary. And despite all the craziness and nonsense that we've witnessed, that is undeniable. He will be a candidate and they will go on as normal. They will have regular debates. They will have primaries. There will be rallies. There'll be pundits talking about which constituencies he's reaching, which constituencies he's not reaching as if nothing ever happened. Quite frankly, because the people, the same people that consume the Fox News nonsense, are allowing it to happen because they're denying and rejecting objective universal reality. And those are the people that are here right now, and there's no way out of that whatsoever. Now, one of the conversations I've gotten into when we talked about Don Lemon is that the left and the media on the left and those in academia on the left and in the left in general, they had a chance, especially say 10 years ago or so, they had a chance to thwart this movement, right? And the way that they could do that was to stand on their principles, right? And say, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, we are going to hold the line on the side of objective truth. And we will infallibly hold the line on objective truth. So that anytime we are challenged and anybody tries to find an opening in our armor, they are defeated summarily. It's evident that they were defeated and we will be the side of objective truth and reality so that only the crazies would dare deny us. But the left failed. And I think that's part of the reason that I felt so dejected last week. I think that's part of the reason why I've had this reckoning about reassessing Logic and Larry and reassessing my place in the world and all of those things is because I was a young, inquisitive, intellectual mind. And like many in my youth, in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2010s, I sought refuge from the craziness, from the blatant lack of uh, adherence to science, lack of adherence to the scientific method, you know, and I'm not trying to disparage religion, but so many people on the far right are so dogmatically religious. They have this evangelical Christian movement that views the world as perpetually persecuting Christians and Donald Trump is some kind of savior. They can sacrifice their actual Christian values to impose Christian values as they see them on the rest of the country, which is crazy. But I sought refuge from that type of dogma. I sought refuge from that type of anti-intellectualism. I sought refuge from all of that in the left. And as I've grown, forget politically, I didn't just go politically to the left. My social circles, and, and this happens naturally, and I don't know why, but in this country it seems that 
many of the more educated with you know higher formal educations certain professions etc they tend to congregate around the social circles that have become more and more decidedly and more and more unfortunately exclusively left-leaning and left thinking and i was comfortable in those social circles and i was comfortable in those spaces for a very long time because that is where the scientific method was celebrated that is where facts mattered that is where we were critical about society that is where we cared about people who were being cheated out of things unfairly that is where we cared about the right way forward to do things justice-minded and justice to me doesn't mean just arbitrarily rectifying something of the past or arbitrarily penalizing somebody who cheated before justice means being fair going forward justice means you reap what you sow you get what you deserve and you start from a similar standing and no one has an unfair advantage that is what justice meant to me but despite the left having an opportunity to exert themselves on those bases the left over the last decade or so has instead gotten so vehemently angry themselves that they have become non-rational. They have become irrational. They have pushed stories that aren't factually true. The media on the left has hidden aspects of certain stories to push certain narratives that they want you to adhere to. The left has started to become dominated in its institutions, academia, science, the media, not with people who are adhering to objectivity and intellectual honesty, but people who are adhering to ideology and beliefs and emotions. And because of that, they've empowered outlets like Fox News. And here's why. Because if they lie about a story on the left or in the mainstream media, or they omit certain facts... And somebody who's on the fence about thinking or somebody who already wants to agree with the right sees that flaw and exploits that flaw, it confirms to them that the mainstream media can't be trusted, number one. To a fence-sitter, it shows that the left and the mainstream media cannot be trusted, number two. And that is very, very important and very, very tragic, right? And number three, it reinforces this idea that, well, it's a zero-sum game, the media, right? There is no objective middle. There is no universal truth because that side's going to say what they want and my side's going to say what I want. There is no objective reality in the middle. Therefore, it's a zero-sum game. We all create our own reality and see whose reality triumphs in the end and we make the world in our vision, right? The left has done that. And socially and intellectually, I increasingly have felt more alienated from the left. But why do I feel more alienated from the left? Not just because I feel that way internally, right? But because I have, I have adhered to those principles, right? I have stayed objective. On the right, somebody like Tucker Carlson or a senator who refused to vote to convict Trump, they know inside what the truth is. They know inside what the objective actuality is. Yet, they decided consciously to put that away. To put that away and instead act improperly and go along with the nonsense and the mob and the mass hysterical narrative 
and put away objectivity. And now more and more on the left are doing that every day. I refuse to do it. So I've gotten in plenty of debates and arguments with people on the left who are my friends, who are my colleagues, because I refuse to just put reality away, lock it in the back of my head the way those on the right have done it and fail to preserve objectivity and some basis of reality that we can all adhere to so that our society continues to function. But not enough people on either side of the spectrum are doing that, and you are seeing it way worse right now and with a far more rapid decline on the right side of the political spectrum in this country, especially and specifically with regard to Donald Trump. And this Fox News stuff is a great example of it and a great conduit in which to view it. Another societal example of this, and I will not get off this, because it wasn't a school shooting this time. It wasn't a mass shooting this time. Not to mention that people die of guns every day in this country anyway. But people are starting to become so culturally, so culturally embroiled in these narratives, in these cultural, inobjective, you know, subjective movements that they are so tightly wound with this gun thing. <clears throat> it's one thing to have a gun. I have a gun. It's one thing to, you know, uh, invoke your Second Amendment rights to defend yourself. It's one thing to do that. But people are so wound up with these ammo ideas that all of a sudden common sense regulations, common sense ways to protect our children, common sense ways to reduce gun violence are they don't look at these things as, oh, let's actually listen to the solution and see, you know, if it makes sense and if I can properly counterbalance it with my interest to own a weapon. They automatically start looking at these proposed laws or these proposed common sense solutions with skepticism and with an eye towards defeating or undermining the logic behind the proposed solution because they are so obsessed with the gun culture and owning guns. They are not only obsessed with owning guns and gun culture, but they are obsessed with this idea that they need to be fearful, right? They need to be fearful of young people. They need to be fearful of liberals. They need to be fearful of minorities. They need to be fearful and skeptical of the government that the world is out to get them. And the only way to protect themselves is by arming themselves to the teeth and having some sense of false bravado. And the thing with most of these people who are obsessed with guns in that way and I'm not talking about regular gun owners. I'm talking about these people that are obsessed with it, where their primary voting issue is two-way. That's a little bit of a twisted thing to be hung up on, don't you think? These people have a false sense of two things, bravado and patriotism, right? A false sense of bravado and a false sense of patriotism. They think that having a gun, there's some cultural connotation to that that makes them tougher, more manly, more you know patriotic, more ready to defend themselves, more ready to defend their families. But the fact is, this is the same constituency. This is not an inner city constituency that actually deals with gun violence on a regular basis. This is not a constituency of people who are actually physically under attack all the time. This is not a constituency of people who are dealing with war all the time or conflict or violent conflict. This is not a constituency who actually had any election stolen from them or who actually has anybody trying to take anything that they own or their life or their freedom away. These are people primarily in middle America, 
maybe a little bit rural, but mostly more exurban, suburban exurban populations. They live in basically suburban areas, quasi rural, but mostly suburban, not way out in the sticks where you have literally coyotes and everything running around. More where you have a big piece of land, two acres, a pickup truck, and a, a house that was constructed in the 1990s. I mean, it's with a pool and, and city plumbing, you know? And these people are armed to the teeth and petrified and also very anxious to prove to themselves in the world that they are going to act out and somehow be a hero and do something rugged and individualistic to revive the culture. They are so wrapped up in their own reality that this week we didn't see mass shootings with actual, you know, malicious minded um, people who are off the wall who had a death wish acquiring guns and purposely going out to shoot masses of people. These same people that watch the news, and this is why I say we can't do anything about it. You can't argue with them. They think they're well-intentioned. They think they're getting the right news. They don't know any better and they don't want to know any better. This week alone, in the last week or two, we had three separate shootings of young people. Young people shot for doing literally nothing by people who weren't seeking out to shoot anybody initially when they got up that morning, who weren't trying to kill anybody, but who had a gun at the ready, weren't capable of using the gun properly, weren't capable of making judgments required of people that should be required to carry a gun or have a gun, who made snap judgments that resulted in very real carnage. First, you had Ralph Yarl, who went to a house to pick up his siblings. It happened to be the wrong house. He rang the doorbell. He jerked the door a couple times. Guy comes out, shoots him in the head, then shoots him again while he's down. This is a young kid. This is a teenager. A 16-year-old black teenager who was shot by an 80-something-year-old white man because he knocked on the wrong door. Because this guy was so tightly woven. Uh, I thought he was breaking in. I thought he was breaking in. Why? Because he's probably watching and consuming too much of the crap from the right-wing media telling him that crime's at a fever pitch all the time, that he has to be scared, that he better grab his gun, and he better have his gun at the ready. He's so wound up, he doesn't even know his ass from his elbow. And somebody almost dies because of it. Then you had a 20-year-old woman... A 20-year-old woman, Kaylin Gillis, 20 years old in upstate New York, 20 years old. Her, She's in a car with several people. The car enters the wrong driveway by accident. How many times when you were a kid did you turn in a driveway and turn out because it was the wrong driveway or just because you had to turn around? How many times? You ever see that, that meme where it's the dad meme like your dad when somebody turns in the wrong driveway and it's funny? Because it happens. Because it happens. She was, she's lost her life for turning in the wrong driveway because some guy too anxious to use his gun ran out and started shooting at a car that was leaving. Shooting at a car. Now these people are going to be held accountable because it's not about the law. It's about our society. The way we exchange information. These people that we are up against who don't think they're against anything that we're against. They think they're patriotic and they're great people. But they're so wound up and so misinformed and so under the guise of this fraudulent reality that's really subjective and nonsensical that there's no getting them out of it. 
Then you had the case of the two Texas cheerleaders who were shot in a parking lot. A 25-year-old in that case shot them. A girl went in to get into a car that she thought was hers. It wasn't hers. It was his. He got out of the car, proceeded to shoot two teenage cheerleaders in Texas. They could have died. They could have died. This is what we're up against. Society is going this way. And the problem is, like I said, we can sit here and we can maintain objective truth, right? Maybe there should be some way of thwarting gun violence in this country. Maybe we should do something about it. Maybe we should do something about gerrymandering, which ingrains this partisan divide in Congress, which doesn't allow them to do anything. Maybe we should hold a Supreme Court judge accountable for taking endless amounts of free gifts from a major conservative donor. Maybe we should do something about that. Maybe we should hold a president accountable for doing the exact things that we've all been raised to know are un-American. But there's no possible way to do it because people every day, whether it's a high-ranking government official who purposely withholds his vote or purposely endorses Trump for his own selfish reasons, or whether it's an unwitting individual citizen, your neighbor, your cousin, your coworker, who decides to put objectivity away, who decides willingly to consume that false reality and continues to act on that false reality and unabashedly votes again for somebody like that or unabashedly supports that kind of thing, we cannot stop it because too many people are going away from objective logic and rationality and too many people are getting way too wrapped up in their own cultural nonsense and it's not just a problem in the academic arena anymore it's not just a problem on news shows it's not just a problem at your thanksgiving dinner table or at the bar having a conversation or debate about it it's costing us lives it's going to cost us if it hasn't already some form of our democracy some element of our institutions some element in trust for human beings to be able to trust the system and trust the society that they live in to do the right thing to do what's right to do what justice demands And as we enter those dark times and justice becomes a zero-sum game, reality, fairness becomes a game not based on this universal truth, not based, based on reality that's irrespective of the current power holder, but only based on who wields power at the time, only based on people's primitive emotions rather than their better logic. We need to stick together and we need to have these conversations and we need to hold it out just like it was a nuclear attack. We need to be in the bunker figuratively, the figurative intellectual bunker sheltering from the storm because it's coming. Whether Trump wins or not, whether this gun crime goes down, whether it goes up, whether the left decides to get objective, I don't see it. For some time, and hopefully in our lifetimes we'll come out of these dark ages, but for some time now, we will remain in these dark ages because they are robbing us of the universal reality, the universal objectivity, the universal truth that we are entitled to. So if I'm touching base with you shortly after my 38th birthday, 
on another episode and edition of the Logic and Larry podcast. If there's a reason for me touching base with you, that reason is solely and solemnly to tell you that we will ride out this storm together. And the purpose of this show is to ride out that storm together. If it expands to other things later, so be it. But right now, we are riding out the storm. I will talk to all of you very soon. I hope you have an excellent week. Go hug your kids. Go hug your parents. Go hug your loved ones. Go hug your pet. Go enjoy the sunshine. Go experience the spring air. Go look at the beauty of nature. Do something for yourself. Treat yourself to some good food because life goes on and we've got to enjoy it. we got a limited time on this earth. And when we're long gone, we better have enjoyed the passions and the indulgences and the attributes of being alive and being a human and being conscious matter. And our society and those we've loved and the impact we've made will not depend on the political movements and societal whims of the time in our country, which may not be a country in a thousand years. So enjoy and appreciate life now. But I will talk to you very soon about all those other crazy things. Thank you once again for joining me. Thank you once again for being with me through this turmoil. Logic and Larry will return soon. Larry K. signing out.